Hello and welcome to another episode of Growing Kentucky's Leaders, a podcast by the Kentucky FFA Foundation. I'm one of your hosts, Sheldon McKinney. And I'm your other host, Ruth Ann Fink. And today with us, we have um, a guest that I know really well, Tony Myers. She's an ag teacher um, in Fayette County right now, also my mom. And so um, we've got Tony on here with us as a recipient of um, the Ag Teachers Changes Lives Award. Um, so that was given to two teachers this year. It's quite an honor, nominated by her peers. Um, and she's in her 24th year of teaching. So uh, tell us a little bit about how your path led you to the Ag Ed classroom. Well, my path led me um, very differently than um, most people. It's a very non-traditional path. Uh, I graduated college uh, at the age of 19 and went right into the horse industry, which my parents were involved in. So I worked um, for 14 years full time after I graduated college in the horse world. And so I managed um, a thoroughbred farm, a small thoroughbred farm in Mount Sterling. Um, and my husband was an ag teacher at the time. He started teaching earlier than I did. And um, I would go with him in the evenings and at FFA events. And I just loved it. And um, things in our lives changed. We had two kids and um, <laughs> I just needed a job that fit more into our family. And I was drawn into what my husband was doing. So I went back at night. The kids were both really small and I was working at the farm but I would I took night classes and I got my master's in vocational education that way. And um, because I was an animal science major when I was at UK. So I went back and I did 27 hours and got my certification to teach. And then um, the year 2000 started teaching at Montgomery County. So, um, yeah, so I kind of went through it a little bit backwards, but that's how I how I had yeah. my path. And you were never in FFA or had any really experience. So it's just kind of a, a cool path. Yes, I and and it, and I think that is an interesting point because uh, you don't have to be this the student that took you know ag all four years and was the chapter vice president and the regional president and to be a good ag teacher and um, I was deeply rooted in agriculture in um, my own mm -hmm. way but the schools I went to didn't offer it and I um, I remember the first time I taught the FFA creed I had to learn it before I even taught it because I'd never <laughs> heard it before so you know it was interesting oh my goodness that's wonderful I had no idea you graduated college at 19 how did you do that um, my dad was a horse trainer and we traveled okay. around a lot. So I graduated um, two years early from high school. So I graduated high school at 15 um, and then um, we moved to Kentucky and I went four years um, at the University of Kentucky. I, I have friends today that didn't know, don't know that. Like I said something to <laughs> some people one day, uh, we had a review, like I was with a bunch of them and I said that and they're like, you were what? And so I, I didn't advertise that I was tall and I could get away with it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was. It was an interesting path. When you could test out of grades. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did not know that about you. I learned something. So you've taught at a couple, a few ag programs in your career. Mm -hmm. I actually, my first ag teaching uh, job was at Montgomery County High School a year after you had left there. And so I did not, you know, have you as a teacher, but I had your students that were still in the program and you were beloved by them and they missed you so much. So after Montgomery County went to Boyle County, can you tell us a couple things that maybe you learned about being a great teacher at each of those programs? Um, yeah, I, that's a, you know, interesting reflection as well. Um, at Montgomery County, 
it was a large department. I worked with four other men. One of them was my husband. Um, he was starting the Chanel um, Ag Center. So he wasn't in the building a lot, but he was starting that farm. Um, so that it was just a cool dynamic. It was like we had this little family and we were super, super close, all of us and um, enjoyed each other. And I think that's really important. And if it's possible to enjoy your coworkers and your co-teachers. Um, and we also had, as you know, Sheldon, there was a lot of money there. We had, um, we have, um, Montgomery County has got, and Bath County have um, a trust. And so there was, I never had, I never wanted for things. So I, it, it taught me, it was the first place I taught from being in the horse industry. And so I, I loved animal science and I loved equine science. And so I really honed in on those two and really didn't mm, venture out into horticulture or ag construction mm -hmm. or the other pathways I probably should have. I was spoiled. The boys did that and I could stay in my wheelhouse of equine science. Then I went to our family moved to Harrodsburg and went to Boyle County which I love Boyle County and very loyal to Boyle County, but it was very different. It was a two teacher department. Um, they did not have, they, they scrapped and fought for every dollar that they got. And um, it was, I had to have a new skill set, and I had to run the greenhouse. So uh, I got to run the greenhouse. So it was, I, I had, I was stretched as a teacher. Um, they did not have a, like an alumni chapter, which we had a strong one in Montgomery County. So I got to bring some of those things um, to boil and, um, and help grow that program. It was already a great program, but I got to, um, kind of restart it and invigorate it and bring new things to it. So, and then of course, where I am now at Locust Trace, um, teaching over here at the Kentucky castle, I feel like I combine all my skill sets, like even going all the way back from when I was 19, from managing horse farms and managing farms and people then to teaching in the two places. It's, it's a great, combination of all the three places I had been so yeah Ruthann has a question for you about that but one thing you, you mentioned Montgomery County had a trust and you know I did teach in that program who had a trust made by a donor in the 1970s um, and I'm so grateful for that experience now that I work for the FFA Foundation because in Montgomery County they had this great thing that you did not have to have money to get to go on great FFA trips and experiences you know, everybody who wanted to go, got to go and it didn't cost anything. And I think that that just opened so many doors of opportunity for kids who would have probably never had the chance to, to do so many things. And so that experience has really inspired how the foundation has grown and the importance where I see like, man, people can give back locally and remove barriers and it matters. Absolutely. And I didn't, that was the first place I taught and mm -hmm. I knew it was special. I, 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 you mm -hmm. know, people talk and I knew other that that wasn't for every chapter, but until I went to a chapter that it was expensive, it was hundreds of dollars to go on trips and kids could not do it that I saw it just, it's a limiting factor. And when you take right. away finances as a limiting factor, we open the door for every student. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You kind of mentioned where you're teaching now, and it is a really unique program. And for our listeners that are not really familiar with like Locust Trace or this big ag school in Fayette County, and what about the Kentucky Castle? If you could just tell our listeners about the program mm -hmm. that you're running and teaching at now. Sure. Well, Locust Trace, uh, I'll start with that because I think people, even my ag teacher friends are kind of like, how many teachers do you have there? And I say <laughs> 10 and they look 10, but we service Fayette County. And so mm -hmm. it, we, 
we have 12 sending schools that send us students from all over the, you know, the county. And yeah, it, 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 it sounds like a lot, but it takes a lot, you know, of teachers to, to service that many students and in the different pathways that they offer. Um, one of the things that um, was started by Ann DeMont when she was the principal there is trying to get these juniors and seniors out of the building for this experiential learning and more. We always talk about hands-on learning, but really getting them out of the classroom, the physical classroom, and into a work setting. And so there was a, a collaboration with the Kentucky Castle um, new ownership back in 2018. They wanted students, they wanted, they wanted to have a great farm. They just didn't know how to do it. And when they met with Locust Trace, they they took the opportunity. This is well, I was still at Boyle County, but they took the opportunity to think outside the box and hire a teacher to then send students that the teacher would be working shoulder to shoulder, not just sending them to a, a co-op situation, but mm -hmm. that with a supervisor, but I would be the supervisor and we would run the farm at the Kentucky Castle. And so that I've been, this is my sixth year with students out here now and the trust between the school and the castle management for our program now is just off the charts. And we do things now, um, you know, I get to run the farm with them and make decisions on the farm um, with the students. And it's, it's, it's one of the most rewarding teaching experiences of my life. If you would share a little bit about like why the castle find value in that program, like some of the like value added products and the business plans that these students pitch, um, why the castle loves having you all there. If you could kind of expand on that. Well, I think, you know, the, the initial, goal of the castle owners was to have the best farm to table restaurant in the state when he would even say mm -hmm. state but so he needed a farm and so the the students run a half acre organic no-till garden and we send the food down into the restaurant um some of the things that we do to add rigor for, like so i'm like i'm balancing two things I, I want the farm to be productive and i also want to keep the rigor up for my students and keep it keep it a learning classroom and so what the students do every year is um we used to do project-based learning in boyle county a lot and i i love that way of teaching and so i incorporate the pbls here at the castle where every group of students that they need to um come up with a research idea of how to make it better. Like we can never sit on our laurels and say, this is all we're gonna do, but how do we make it better? Every group, I want every group to have a fingerprint on this place. Mm -hmm. So when they come back, you know, they like, oh, my group, we built that pergola or my group, we put that lavender out or my group, like I want them to have ownership in this place from their ideas, from what they see could be better. And, mm -hmm. but we also have to adhere with the castle what they see value in and what wh mm -hmm. where they want their guest experience to go. So they have to not just have it in their head, but they have to listen to what the castle ownership and management wants, turn it into a research, and then they have to pitch it to them. Um, and this, that's what we do in the wintertime is they research these ideas, pitch it to them, and then we get a budget to actually do that project. Yeah, so really incredible. It is. Yeah. It's it's a wonder to go see it. If people are ever on Versailles Row, passing the Kentucky <laughs> Castle, you've probably been like, oh, there's the castle. But if you've never stopped, it's really worth stopping, eating at the restaurant, looking at your farm. And, you know, you all are probably there. So you should say hello. <laughs> but it really is incredible. You have so much wisdom to share from your experiences. I have to tell you, we've had um, an FFA member who we asked people to shout out who helped them grow. You've been listed as one of those folks already. You're a mentor to so many. Um, so speaking to new teachers who are maybe new in this career, um, I want to ask you like 
what's a piece of advice for them? But then a second piece of advice is like who, maybe they've been in this for a long time, um, mid-career, late career, and they're still in the classroom. Does your advice change to, to teachers who have been in the game a little bit longer? Do you have any advice for both of those groups? Okay. Well, I, one of my favorite things, I didn't know this at the, like, but over the years, I've had lots of student teachers. Um, I've had a lot of people come observe me, different things like that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that part, mentoring younger teachers. Um, I think it's super easy to get overwhelmed. I think this job um, is different than some jobs, some nine to five jobs for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you, it is. Um, so my, I guess my advice to new teachers is you have to avoid burnout. Like at some point, like I hear it all the time and um, you know, I'm married to a very low key kind of guy who always tells me, Tony, don't, don't take on so much. Like if I get overwhelmed in things like, but it's true, we take on, um, we, we can, can control how much we take on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say the word, no, no, I don't have time for that this semester. I would love to do that idea, but maybe next semester. So new teachers, I just think, you know, like, pick one thing, pick something you're going to get good at and get good at it and then do another thing. Don't try to do everything at once. Don't try to build your alumni, try to teach six different preps, try to be the livestock club manager. Don't try to do all that. Just pick a few things and add to it as you go along. And I always tell people year three is feels like light years different than year one. So like just hang in there, find a mentor that someone you can talk to um, and get ideas from and and just know that they're not in it alone. I mean, there's so many resources. They're kind of overwhelming now to me as an older person, but there's so many resources out there for new teachers that they can, they don't have to recreate the wheel every time. There's lesson plans out there and there's curriculum generators and there's things that they can do. Um, but I guess that's my advice to new teachers, which yeah. isn't new advice, but um, mid, mid-year teachers, that's a different kind of um, you know, and, and I've been there too. So like, it's, I have to tell you, like, keep, um, challenge yourself. Like, don't get, I was getting, I could tell like the 20th time I taught animal science, I could tell I was getting a little like redundant, like I I was just going through the motions and Mm -hmm. I've done it so many times. Like, how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep it new? Um, and that is like, that's on me. Like I, I had to learn the greenhouse thing when I went to Boyle County, for instance, and that was overwhelming. I was, I should know that stuff, but I didn't know it. And I had to ask, like I reached out, Mark Wade helped me out quite a bit. Um, Jesse Shelton, you just have to, you know, people ask me, how do I know all these different things? And I said, the thing I know how to do is use a phone. Like I just call people. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid to ask. Like I, I don't know how to beekeeping. So I, find people and they come, you know, so the resources are out there and there's a lot of people that want to help. So, yeah, that's great mm-hmm. advice. It's wonderful that is good advice. Stuff. Yeah. I think it's appropriate to ask, like as an ag teacher, you've got to witness a lot of cool, impactful stories of change and personal growth you've seen in some of your students. And so I just want to give you the opportunity to shout out that, you know, you know, as an ag teacher, what work we do at the foundation. Um, but for our listeners, what we do is we are, we just exist to support ag education and to support Kentucky FFA members. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to shout out what are some of those impact stories that you've got the pleasure of getting to witness and that personal growth happen in your students because of the work of the foundation. Well, and I don't think you all get enough credit for the work you do and you don't get to see 
you, you spend a lot of your time, you know, getting the donors and raising mm -hmm. the money. And then we get to see it make the impact on the, the students' lives. And I think, um, you know, so that's, that's great. And I thought, of, you know, there's, I have taken advantage of almost every program the foundation offers <laughs> because that's, again, when I went to Boyle, that's what we did. We were like, so yeah, that's, why there. Mm -hmm. that's why it's there. That's why it's there is to help. Sorry. I think um, the two programs, I think I'm the most, um, I don't know, I, I get almost emotional about it, but the, the two programs are, is probably the jacket program. Yeah. And, yeah. And 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 the program to go to WLC. Okay. So I think those well, let me tell you people about what that is. And you can do that. So <laughs> we have um, a jacket grant program where really if any chapter applies to receive jacket funds, they get it and they can choose which student gets it, how they award it. Is it mm -hmm. by saying a creed? Is it because of need-based? It Really the local teacher gets to make that decision. And then we have a WLC scholarship that we have been awarding 15 a year. We hope to award a lot more, but WLC is a very expensive trip. Um, it's a very impactful trip. It's a week in Washington, D.C. Uh, with students from across the country. Uh, registration is about $1,000, and then you have to get to WLC. So years ago, we used to give maybe like $100 to a trip or $200 to a trip. But I really thought, you know, if you're a student who's, $1,000 may be insurmountable and somebody may give you $100 to help you, but if it's a no-go for you, the, there's still a big gap to get yeah. you there. And so we said like, let's offer full scholarship opportunities for some students who, who have to have this to go. And so do you tell us more about it? Yeah, well, it it is um, of all the trips that I take students on, um, that is by far, and just hearing from them, not from what I, but just listening to them on the way back, it is the most impactful thing that I, that I have done with students. And I give a shout out to Matt Whitaker. I didn't even know, we didn't take students there when I was at Montgomery County. Um, and I didn't know much about it. And he was a former state officer and he's like, we're, we're taking students to WLC. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive, Matt. And I think Ruthann, you may have been on one of the first trips. I think I was the first uh -huh. Mm -hmm. prop that went yeah I think you were on that little bus mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. it came to be we were in parley practice and that was one of our motions to practice and then if he said if we did it correctly we got to go or so <laughs> the story goes <laughs> so but that then then I took the group the next year I'm like oh my goodness what a leadership opportunity for these students and so but you're right Sheldon with it's it's insurmountable um the thousand dollar app the registration so that I think that program that you all do at the foundation, for sure on a larger scale, is very impactful. The jacket is why I get emotional. Oh, I can't do it again. But it it's because I can see their face when you give them the jacket. You know, it's yeah. it's really impactful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so incredible. We had a call earlier today with a wonderful ag teacher, Connor Richardson, and he talked about um, how he, as a freshman in high school, could not afford a jacket, and he got a jacket grant from his local alumni. And like, look at the difference he's made in so many mm -hmm. students' lives as an ag teacher. And it was somebody making a gift to get him an FFA jacket that really mm -hmm. in inspired his start. So it never gets old to hear about that. Um, well, we ask all of our guests the same three questions to kind of wrap it up. And so my first question to you is, what is the best leadership advice you've ever received? Tough. That's a tough That's one. That's a tough one, yeah. Okay, so um, we had a, a, a fella that was um, 
took charge of our that alumni group I started at Boyle. He was a grandfather of a student. His name was Dr. Tom Ross. He was a veterinarian. I just thought the world of, and him and I became really close. He he passed away of COVID and they asked me to speak at his funeral. And when I was thinking about remarks I want to make about Dr. Ross, it was for sure about his leadership style, but it was quiet. He didn't like, there's not a quote I'm gonna give you that Dr. Ross would tell me. I'm just gonna tell you how he lived his life and he lived his life by showing up. Um, way after his granddaughters graduated, he kept showing up. And so I think the best leadership advice I've ever been given has been by Dr. Ross, by caring enough about people that even though it's your time's up, you've retired, you could bow out, that you keep, you still have value and that he, um, he brought so much to our chapter and did so much for that alumni group and got us off the ground on so many things and so many um, benefits for our students that are just immeasurable. So I think being a true leader is one that just takes the time, cares enough about the people that they're, they're investing their time in and they give of their time. So yeah, it's showing up. Yeah. Yep. Well, and our second question we always ask, that's the perfect segue is all about, we like mm -hmm. to give our guests the opportunity to shout out someone who's really poured into them, maybe given their time and, and, invested in, in with their time in that person and help them develop as a leader. Um, Cause that's what philanthropy is. It's all about giving back. So who is the person you'd like to shout out? That's really poured into you. Can I have a couple? Sure. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first guest that broke that rule. So we'll allow it. <laughs> okay. Well, I just have like, there's different parts of my life that um, people have been super impactful for. So my very first employer, her name was Sherry Adams, who saw something in me that I didn't see. I was just a, very poor child that her, my dad was a horse trainer, but she managed that standard red farm that my dad worked at, that I worked at for eight years. And she treated me like gold. She made, she would bring extra Christmas presents to my house. She made sure I had a big Christmas bonus because I had, I was, didn't have much money. So she poured into me when I didn't see it at the time. And I think I've learned from her that I try to do that with my students. Like I try to see what they don't see in themselves. Um, but teaching wise, like that was like for like my horse industry and my like mm -hmm. who poured into me at a young age, teaching wise, there's been so many people that have poured into me. And I think about, think about those. And one of them was Keelan Pulliam. I remember he was served on the board, but he, he sought us out at Bull County. I, we weren't looking, you know, for we didn't even know he lived there. He called, it was a cold call. Like, Hey, I'd like to help your FFA chapter. I just moved into the area. This is me. Can we have a meeting? And I'm like, you know, so like, it was just a, like dropped in. It was a gift from God. Like he just came and he revamped our horticulture program and he gave back to those students. He cared about those students and would help them in interview practices. Um, and then here at the castle, we, Mr. Bobby Gaffney lives down the road. I met him, never even knew him. And he met me at a, a, a event at Locust Trace and said, hey, if you ever need anything, I live in Woodford County. I'm just down the road. Well, you, I told you, him, you can don't, use a phone. Don't, I use a phone. <laughs> don't yeah. tell someone like me. So like I was over my head here the first year and I called Bobby and he was out here at least once a week, like checking on us <laughs> and teaching. I learned a lot from Bobby. Like, and, um, and what I learned, like, obviously there's a physical product that I learned, but I also learned like 
I want to do that when I retire. And when I get to that point in my life, I'm going to call up. I, I'm not going to wait for them to ask me. Those two men did not wait for me to ask them. They came and sought, like, how can I help your FFA members? Bobby sat underneath the trees here at the castle last summer, helping Caroline Grove practice for her state officer training, like, like for her interviews. <laughs> he helped my creed speaker. We had them all lined up and Bobby sat at a table. Like, not only does he help me plant potatoes, he helps these kids. <laughs> get to the next level mm -hmm. and if I need anything and I have financially um he also lets me know I can pick up the phone and call him so people like that who pour into me and my program mean the world to me and I know Ruth Ann's on here but so this is really weird but not weird but just I'll probably <laughs> cry is that my family is has always poured into me and so it's there's times when mom's gone. Like I, I'm at WLC or I'm at camp or at, well, they always came to camp, but um, I'm, I'm gone. I remember the season that I worked on my national boards and I told him, I said, I'll do it. But I, that was when you only had six months to do it. And I told, we had a family meeting and that. The yes. I want to tell the story. We had a family oh. meeting. My friends crack up that we have so many family meetings in our family. And mom <laughs> had a family meeting to tell us that we were going to start eating on paper plates because she didn't have time to do the dishes. <laughs> and we did and it was fine we're like okay meeting adjourned yeah <laughs> no but we, had, we ate we, we ate supper together every night and I said if I'm going to do this it was a lot of work and it was going to be after school and after the events and I said I just want you all to be in it with me and so um and they were and you all probably loved it to be honest so. we're like whoo paper plates this is yeah. great <laughs> Tony, that's really inspiring. You know, I'm a working mom too, who's away a lot. And it's, you know, I really model like how do people have done this well? They've raised a good families and they're strong. And like, I get to work with Ruth Ann every day. She's wonderful. Like you've done a great job. You've raised a great family and done all that. So I have a lot to look up to you too. I want to shout out to Keelan Pulliam, who is one of my mm -hmm. mentors as well. And the foundation would not be where it is without him just showing up out of nowhere really and going like I think you can grow this thing a lot bigger and he I'm so grateful for him he and his wife recently uh, moved to a different state and he said he's kind of googled the local chapters to see if he should get involved <laughs> or connected I'm like they don't know what's coming I hope you still will do it you know because he <laughs> has so much good to give so to finish it up, one last question is a little bit sillier, but also meaningful and a takeaway is what is something that you're loving right now that's helping you grow? Well, this is a very different answer too. Um, <laughs> one of the things I'm loving right now, um, and Ruthann, please don't laugh too hard, is I, yoga. I love, I love um, in the last five or six years, I've been practicing yoga and um just to take that time to set time out to take care of myself is something new to me. And it even feels funny to say it to you two mm -hmm. right now, to be honest with you. Like, but you can't pour into people from an empty cup. And I, I knew um, there was a point I just needed, I wasn't feeling good. It was in it, it just precipitates into everything of my life. And so I just happened chance, some lady came, it was started at Boyle. She was doing yoga classes after school and I had thought about doing it. So I just joined We did it in a classroom floor. It was nasty. Um, and, and it, but it got me to where I'm like, I feel better. And so then we just started, I, I found a class to go to. And, and, and now I have this community of women that I do yoga with and we laugh and we, it's just, it's what, 
you know, you know, my kids are gone. They're all, they have their own families. I come home to, it's an emptier house and it's, it, this is something that I'm doing for me that makes me feel good that I feel like I'm a better teacher and a better mother and a better wife because of it. Hmm. That's awesome. Ruthann, do you want to close this out today? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have loved talking to you. This has been a really fun podcast. I think you offer so much good advice. You know, Sheldon and I were both teachers and it's true advice. I think what you, what you offered was um, worth listening to. And so I know we're going to have a lot of listeners really enjoy this episode. So thank you for spending some time with us. Um, and for everyone listening, uh, thanks for joining in to another episode of Growing Kentucky's Leaders. Growing Kentucky's Leaders is a podcast from the Kentucky FFA Foundation. The music has been performed by Bourbon County FFA member Joe Fritch. Production is provided by Isaiah Pruitt. Our artwork is by Julie Fritch Creative. Your hosts are Sheldon McKinney and Ruth Ann Fink, and you can find us on all social platforms at Kentucky FFA.